Let's pray together. God, we love you and we are so thankful that in the midst of absolute craziness, Lord, in the midst of absolute wild uh, and crazy times in our nation and all over the world, you have given us the privilege and the opportunity through technology to gather together, to, to get in your word together, to praise and worship together. And so, Lord, we just want to pray for every sermon and every live stream that's going out. Lord, would you get honor and glory from those? More than anything else, Jesus, we want people to know you and know your name. So God, for us, as we're sitting here and, and getting ready as families to dive into your word, we ask that you'd bring it to life. Teach us. God, draw us near to you. Help us to worship well. And, and would we say, uh, as we end this time together in your word, that we love you more, and that our hearts are captivated by you, and that your glory is, is motivating and moving us uh, to live for you and you alone. We love you. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. Hey, if you're joining with us, we're so glad you're here with us. Uh, man, it's definitely different, but we are thankful for so many people who are working so hard uh, to put together videos and content and music and sound. And it's just a different beast. But I can honestly say as a pastor, I'm so, so thankful for all the hours and the effort of our team that has worked diligently to help us get the gospel out and to create video and to, to create opportunities like this for us to gather around the word of God. So thank you from the bottom of our heart. Shoot those guys a text. You know everybody who's working for that. Just praise God for them. And, and I'm just so thankful for the people who've worked so hard uh, during this time of transition as we've worshiped together uh, on, online. Well, we're going to begin a new sermon series today. So we're thankful that you're with us. For the next two Sundays, uh, we're going to be preaching in preparation for what we're calling the Path of Passion, Holy Week at the Hills. What, what we're going to be doing is starting today, I'm going to preach on Palm Sunday and what that means. And we're going to work from Palm Sunday to the cross into the empty tomb. So every day, we're gonna be releasing a video for you. Uh, so follow that along. Follow us on, on Instagram, Facebook. You can follow on our website uh, and, and all of the ways that we communicate with you is we're gonna be taking you on a, a path, the, the path of passion. Uh, that's what this week is known as. It's known as Passion Week or, or Holy Week. It's where Jesus is entering into the city and he's gonna make his way uh, to the cross and where he would die and, and three days later where he'd raise from the grave. And we're gonna just take you with us on that journey to ask ourselves what's happening every day during this time. And so we pray that you'll be blessed by that and you'll follow along with us as we prepare our hearts to worship Jesus. You know, this is just a reminder. I think we all need to be reminded of this. Just because Easter is different, it doesn't mean Easter is canceled. Easter is not canceled. Easter can't be canceled. Uh, no one has the power, the authority to cancel Easter, not a, a sickness or a virus, not Roman guards or religious leaders. It, look, Jesus rose from the dead, and we're going to celebrate that. We're going to enjoy that, and we pray that God is going to receive so much glory from the church as a whole, celebrating and showing this world that even in the midst of pandemics and craziness, man, we get to celebrate a risen Savior. Now, maybe you're watching online, and, and that's a question you're working through. You're, you're questioning, well, why would you sing worthy is your name? Like, what about the name of Jesus is worthy of, of worship and, and praise? Uh, why would we celebrate him? And so we're gonna look today in, in John chapter 12 as we prepare for uh, this path of passion. We're gonna start in what's known as Palm Sunday. Now, 
uh, I didn't even know a lot about Palm Sunday growing up, and I knew Easter was a big deal, but what's Palm Sunday? You know, what is this day, palm branches, and you know, you've seen all kinds of videos and, and people doing crazy things on Palm Sunday. What makes it a special day? Why, why is Palm Sunday a, a big deal? Well, let me tell you, we're gonna look in John chapter 12 today as we think about why Palm Sunday is a big deal to us. It's the beginning of, uh, of Jesus' journey to the cross. He's gonna enter into Jerusalem. And so we're gonna start in John chapter 12. I just, right from the bat, I wanna give you, I wanna give you the two main things I hope that you receive today. Two main things I hope you get. And that is this, first of all, Jesus, he's the promised savior who came to deliver us from sin. Jesus is the promised savior who came to deliver us from sin. This is why his name is, is holy. This is why we can say worthy is your name. Uh, but secondly, I want you to see that, that he's also come, Jesus is the promised savior came to deliver us from sin and to reign victorious forevermore. He also came to reign victorious forevermore. And so look with me, John chapter 12, as we, we start really with a beautiful picture. You know, I think John chapter 12 is maybe, as it begins, one of the most beautiful pictures in all of the Bible of, of worship. The scene is set, Jesus is, is raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, Lazarus was, was dead and Jesus shows up and he calls him out. And, and so like any uh, person who's raised from the dead, what you would do for that person, you know, you'd throw him a cookout. So he, Jesus is coming over to Lazarus' house. He's grilling for him and, and they're all together. And the, the picture is Lazarus, it says he's reclining at the table and he's laid back and, and Jesus is there. And there's two people uh, that are there with him. You've got Martha who's there with him and She's preparing food and, and she's serving. And uh, Mary, though, she's there. And, and Mary, we're going to learn even more about her next Sunday. Mary, she, she takes this, uh, this thing of perfume. Matter of fact, it's a pound, it says, a very expensive perfume. And she breaks it and she anoints the feet of Jesus. Uh, while they're there, uh, when we find that even Judas, one of the disciples, he gets frustrated. He's like, why would you do that? Like, don't do that. We could have sold that expensive perfume and, and given it to the poor when really we find out according to the text, he's just upset because he wanted the money from himself. He's been skimming off the top a little bit. And, and so, but the beautiful picture is of Mary who just in unbridled worship, she's at the feet of Jesus. She sees him for who he is. And she literally takes everything she has and she just, she dumps it at his, at his feet. Let me tell you why I love this. I think I've noticed at times in my own life where I may be too reserved uh, I know that might be a surprise for me who knows me thinking me being reserved, but it, there's times where we maybe hold ourselves back. You know, we wanna celebrate in worship. We wanna praise the Lord. We wanna shout sometimes, but we're like, no, 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 that's, that might not be culturally acceptable. You need to calm that down a little bit. You need to, and, and this is maybe where sometimes we worry too much about what other people think. And, and here we have this beautiful picture of Mary who just doesn't care. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what anybody else has to say. By the way, there's always gonna be somebody who's got something to say. And she's like, I just don't care. I wanna worship at the feet of Jesus. I wanna celebrate who he is. And she just anoints his feet, takes her hair and, and just begins to wipe his feet with her hair. And Jesus says, this is gonna be remembered. I mean, this is gonna be told, this story of, of worship and, and of praise. She was just so focused on Jesus. And so in the, the midst of this, it then turns to where people are finding out that Jesus and, and Lazarus are in town. They're in Bethany. And, and, and so the crowds begin to gather a little bit. Hey, this guy who's been raised from the dead, he's here. And Jesus, you know, he, he's here. And so 
the crowds are, are building, it tells us in John chapter 12, verse, verse 9, but the religious leaders don't like it. So the religious leaders, what they do is they say, I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. We already are planning, we got to take Jesus out because people are giving him time and attention and, and we don't want that. We want that. But now people are celebrating Jesus because of Lazarus, so we're just going to kill him too. Matter, let's just take him out of the picture. You know, this is kind of what happens sometimes when we just refuse to believe what might be true. I mean, Jesus being the son of God who's risen from the dead, I don't want to believe that. So I've got to control the narrative. I've got to make it really what I want it to be. And so I got to fix this. So the religious leaders are like, we got to fix this scenario. We got to get rid of Jesus. And now we need to get rid of, of Lazarus. We need to just get them out of the picture. So in the midst of this, we start with John chapter uh, 12, verse 12. And I'm just going to read kind of what happens. So it tells us that uh, originally this was Saturday. It, it's a few days before the Passover, which is on Friday, six days before that. So we got Saturday. And then it tells us this in verse 12, the next day. So now it's Sunday, Palm Sunday. When the large crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, it says that they took palm branches and they went out to meet him and they kept shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and he sat on it just as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter, Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to notice with me what's happening as Jesus walks into, remember this is, he's beginning his, his uh, path to the cross where he's gonna die for the sins of the world. And as he's doing, this huge crowd is gathered. And so they're laying out these palm branches and they're excited and as he comes into the city, but they specifically yell a few things. First of all, they yell Hosanna and then they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What they're doing is they're quoting Psalm 118. Matter of fact, let me just read the text to you. Psalm 118, 25 says, Lord, save us. Lord, please grant us success. Verse 26 says, he who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed from the house of the Lord we bless you. Now, why were they quoting Psalm 118? I mean, of, of all the things that, that they're giving, of all the things that they could quote as Jesus is coming into the city, why quote that? Why, why shout that one? Uh, here's why. The reason they're doing it is, is because of Psalm 118 verse 24. This is a verse that I think many of us are maybe more familiar with. Some of you saying this growing up. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Y'all know that song, this is the day, this is the day. That's all the singing you're getting. That's all, that's all you're getting. They're singing, they're, they're quoting Psalm 118, and many of us have quoted that. You know, like any day that the Lord has made, it's a good day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is his day. But that's not exactly what's happening in Psalm 118. He's not just saying any day is the Lord's day. They were recognizing what we call these messianic overtones in the text. They're noticing this is not just any day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're gonna rejoice. We're gonna quote this verse. Hosanna means, O Lord, save us. So they're quoting, O Lord, save us. And they're saying, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord because this is not just anybody coming into the city. Oh, this is the promised one. This is the one that, that we have heard about. Hey, some of you are asking, why should we trust? Like, why would we say blessed is the name of the Lord? How do we know that Jesus is the promised Savior who came to deliver us from our sin? Well, let me tell you how. 
Let me tell you how they knew that Jesus was the Messiah. Here's how. First of all, in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel was a prophet. He had been given uh, word from God of some things that were going to happen into the future. And this is what he quotes in Daniel chapter 9, verse 25. Know and understand this. From the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until an anointed one, the ruler, will be seven weeks and 62, so it'll be seven uh, and weeks and, and 62 weeks, and it will be rebuilt in a plaza and a moat, uh, will be built in difficult times. So what he's telling them is, hey, there is going to be some time frames. Uh, we're gonna, a decree is going to be mentioned, and in this decree, Jerusalem's going to rebuild, and there will be a time frame that that's going to be rebuilt in. Then another time period, and after that, this anointed one is going to show up on the scene. So first of all, he says there's going to be a decree. We actually see this in the Bible. We can see the decree. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, it tells us that during the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, Nehemiah is going to come in and meet with the king. So it starts off giving us kind of a, a time frame. In the Bible, when it says the month, Nisan is, is March. And when it gives you the month and it doesn't tell you the day, it's the first day of that month. Like we would normally say March the 14th or March 18th. It doesn't say that. So we know that it's March the, the 1st. So he gives us this date, March 1st. Now, Artaxerxes began his reign in 465 BC. And it tells us that this is 20 years into this reign. And so we know that it's 444 BC. So uh, in the Hebrew calendar, they had 360 days in their calendar. So in their calendar, this would be March the 5th, 444 BC. Uh, I, I love uh, how Francis Chan talks about this. He says that, man, this is uh, a, an Old Testament light of preparation for the coming of, of Christ. He gives us this decree. Remember, we're waiting for a decree. So here's how he gives us first a date. Now he's gonna give us the decree in chapter two, verse seven. It says, I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, uh, in Nehemiah here, let me have letters written to the governors of the region west of the Euphrates River. So that day, uh, they will, so that they will grant me safe passage until I reach Judah. And let me have a letter written to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, so that he'll give me timber to rebuild the gates of the temple's fortress, the city wall, and the home where I will live. The king granted my request for the gracious hand of my God was on me. So here now in, in chapter 2, verse 7, we have the, the, the decree that goes out. So according to Daniel, from this, there are going to be seven sevens. That's 49 years. So we know that Jerusalem and the walls are rebuilt during this 49-year period. So now there's going to be a second time frame. Uh, this second time frame, then he tells us that there's going to be a 62 seven-year periods. Well, if you take 62 uh, seven-year periods, that's 483 years. Now, the Hebrew calendar, 360 days, if you multiply that out, 360 times 483 years, you have 173,880 days. Now, if you take March the 5th, 444 BC, and you add 173,880 days, you get March the 30th, 33 AD. This is the Palm Sunday that Jesus walks into Jerusalem. So hear me, stick with me here. They're not saying that this is just a good day. They're saying this is the day that the Lord has made. What they are doing is they are recognizing that Jesus is the promised one. 
Now, here's what's interesting. Daniel was written 500 or 500 years before this is happening. So you have some 500 something years before God tells Daniel, listen, prepare. An anointed one is gonna come and this is when it's gonna unfold and this is how it's going to unfold. And Jesus, this is what happens with Christ. So they would know this is the Messiah. This is the promised one. This is the one that our hope has been. This is the day that the Lord has made. You too can trust and, and, and put all your faith and hope and trust in this. That Jesus is the promised Savior who came to deliver you and I from our sin. This is what makes Palm Sunday such a huge celebration for us. This is why we celebrate in such a huge way on Palm Sunday. Because we too are recognizing that Jesus is the promised one, the Savior, who's about to go through Passion Week on our behalf. He's about to walk through all of these things sacrificially for us so that we can be rescued from our sins, so that we can be delivered, and so that we can have that relationship with him. You see, he's fulfilling all of these Old Testament prophecies for our confidence, so that we can know that he is the one. He's the one, he's the promised one. Now, here's something else I want you to see though, because they are gonna miss this in the text. See, they believe he's the Messiah. The problem is they see him as the wrong type of savior. In their mind, they're thinking that the Messiah, this Savior, is not gonna come necessarily to deliver us from our sin. Their thought is, he's gonna show up and he's gonna deliver us from Rome. And so here's what I want you to see this second part. Jesus is not only the Savior who came to deliver us from our sin, the promised Savior who's come to deliver us from our sin. He is also the one who will reign forevermore. He's the one who's gonna reign forevermore. How do we know this? Well, let me show you how. They miss it because they are thinking and hoping that Jesus is gonna bring a political victory. But their thought is, hey, this guy's gonna show up. He's gonna deliver us from Rome. We're gonna have power. We're gonna be a, a kingdom that is, I mean, we're strong and powerful. And, and so this is their hope. Finally, we're gonna have freedom. Finally, we're gonna have, be strong like we want. But that's just not what even Daniel said 500 something years earlier. Uh, we just read earlier this verse five of, of Daniel nine, where it tells us all the things that are gonna happen. But the very next verse in Daniel nine and verse six says, after those 62 weeks, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. The people of the coming ruler will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come with a flood and until the end there will be war, desolations are decreed. See, even Daniel understood that this anointed one is gonna show up on the scene, but then he's gonna be cut off and Jerusalem will be destroyed again and there's gonna be war and there'll be death and there'll be destructions. Now you're saying, well, hang on, why are we celebrating Palm Sunday? This doesn't seem like necessarily something to celebrate. You see, here's what they're saying. On this one day, the same people who shouted Hosanna are in a few days about to shout crucify him. And the reason they're gonna do this is because they missed it. They thought that Jesus was coming to reign as their political savior. But what we are sharing and communicating with you is that Jesus did not come to reign as some political savior. He didn't come to maneuver situations, no. He's coming as a humble servant. He's, he's coming in to die in our place. As a matter of fact, you see this in John 12, verse 15. It says, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. 
He's quoting Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I mean, think about all the ways that Jesus could have entered into the city. He could have entered into his victory if he wanted to. As a, a political warrior, he wouldn't come in on a, the colt of a donkey. Jesus would have showed up on a war horse. Matter of fact, it, it was a big deal back in the day how warriors or, or these leaders would come into the city. I mean, if you were coming in as a, a war hero, you didn't come in on the, the fall of a donkey. You would come in on this beautiful white stallion. You'd come in on this beautiful gold chariot uh, and, and you're, you're being shown with warriors and trumpets are being sound. Look at my might, look at my strength. Put your hope and trust in me because of how strong I am. I'm gonna keep you safe. I'm gonna bring victory. Do, 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 do. Like that's the type of big uh, uh, you know, hoopla that they would have when a warrior would go into the city. Yet, here we have Jesus, the promise anointed one who says he's gonna be king, yet he's gonna come in and he's gonna come in in a humble, meek way. Here's why. Because he was not coming to bring victory as a warrior. He was not coming in, he didn't choose soldiers. No, no, rather he chose a young donkey. And here's why. Jesus was being, bringing victory not through politics or war. This victory would be won in humility and in meekness. The victory that was about to be won was not gonna be won out of a vote or policies that are created. I think we can all agree that, man, we're thankful for uh, our country and, our, and, and politics that bring certain good things, but the victory will never be won politically. It's never gonna be won through war. It, Jesus says, no, I'm not coming to bring victory that way. I'm, I'm not choosing soldiers or a war horse. I'm coming as a humble servant who came to die in your place. I'm not coming to kill you for my victory. I'm coming to die so that you can have victory through me. I'm gonna be a king who reigns victorious forevermore because I'm not coming to defeat Rome. I'm not coming to defeat politics, the left or the right. I'm not coming to, to bring victory through this. I'm gonna come and bring victory through an empty grave. I'm gonna come and die and I'm gonna bring an ultimate life. You see, Jesus is bringing a, an ultimate victory and his, his humility and his meekness and he rides in on a colt showing that. But let me tell you another reason why I think it's important that we see how and why Jesus is doing this. When Jesus is, is coming in on this cult, Israel is looking for a nationalistic political savior. Jesus is gonna enter in the city that day to be the sacrificial king, not just for Israel, and not just for Jerusalem. He didn't come to be a, a king on the throne of a special people of, uh, in that place. See, Jesus came to be a king for all people in all places everywhere. Zechariah 9 uh, verse 10 says, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The bow of war will be removed and he will proclaim peace to the nations. His dominion will extend from sea to see from Euphrates River into the ends of the earth. Oh, today we celebrate Palm Sunday in a huge way. And the reason we celebrate it is because the promised one, the promised savior who came to deliver us from our sin is beginning to make his way into the city. And we're placing all of our hope and trust and celebration in him. But we're also celebrating that this king is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the savior, not just of my people, but of all people. 
not just a, a, an elite group of people, but he came to die for the sins of the entire world. His peace, it says, is for the nations. It is to extend from sea to sea. It is for all people everywhere. This is good news. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from today. I mean, this is unbelievable news for us. I see this in the book of Acts. It says that the good news of the resurrection of Christ, it began to spread to the Jews and to the Gentiles, to those who were maybe religious and those who were unreligious, those who grew up with the teaching of the law and the Old Testament and those who knew nothing. The good news of Christ spread to all people everywhere that he came to be the king of, of all peoples and not just to have an, an earthly kingdom. He came to bring, that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, as we think through how this story ends, the promise of Daniel comes to fruition. What we find is that after the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, and he goes to the right hand of the Father, we know that in 70 AD, Titus would come and, and the, the temple would be destroyed and it would never be rebuilt. There would be destruction and, and desolation just like Daniel said that it would happen. Just like we know in the text of, of Zechariah and, and though we know in the text of, of Daniel, it tells us what's gonna happen. Zechariah said that Jesus is gonna come in on a donkey and Jesus comes in on the colt of a donkey, just like it said. Just like Daniel said, hey, here's your time frame. There's gonna be a decree. There's a decree and, and Jerusalem was rebuilt. And then he says, there's gonna be a time period and this anointed one is gonna show up. And guess what? The anointed one showed up just like that. And there's this massive celebration and Jesus is riding in on his donkey. So today we celebrate. Today, we, we celebrate knowing that in a few days, Jesus is gonna be crucified on our behalf. Jesus is gonna die in our place and, and in him, we are gonna be offered new life. But here's the thing, as we think about the, the death of Christ on the tomb, we celebrate because we know that in just a few days, the tomb will be empty. And next Sunday, we're gonna celebrate this new life that is available in this king that has showed up on the scene, the type of king who entered this city. This Palm Sunday, thousands of years ago, he came to be the promised one, the promised savior who would deliver us of our sin, the promised one who would reign forevermore. Now, I wanna close with this. We are dealing with some things that many of us didn't think we would ever deal with. I mean, some of you right now, you're thinking, okay, so Jesus is this son of God, this promised one to deliver me from my sin and, and that he would reign forevermore. But what does that mean right now when I could lose my job? What does this mean for me right now when I'm not sure over these next several weeks, how are we gonna eat and how are we gonna have what we need? And, and I'm worried, I, I'm scared, I'm, I'm fearful. And here's what I wanna encourage you with. You see, Jesus didn't just come to die and then anoint himself as a king. He came to show that he has victory over the grave and that he's gonna reign forevermore. And the same God, the same God who from 500 something years before told Daniel it was gonna happen and worked out all the details and Jesus came and fulfilled every single one of them. And, and Jesus rose from this same God, speaks to you and I and says, trust, trust in me. Put your faith in me and me alone. You know, COVID, if it has done one thing, it has shown us this. Death is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter what your profession is. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It's not a respecter of those things. If you catch this virus, it could lead to death. You know, this is the truth about death in general. 
The Bible says it's appointed a time for all of us to die. And it's no respecter of persons, no matter who we are, or what we've done, it is before us. And what Jesus is telling you is I've conquered the grave. I am the promised one who came to deliver you from sin and I'm gonna reign forevermore. And if he reigns forevermore, if, if, if this savior who, who met all these requirements and did all of these things, then this is somebody we can trust in. This is someone that we can put our hope in. Can I tell you today, I'm not placing all of my hope in an economic recovery. I'm not placing my hope in a stimulus check fixing everything. I'm not placing all of my hope in my job or in my identity. As we have found today, all these things that we thought were so important, maybe they're not quite as important as we thought. But I'll tell you what I am placing my hope in today. I'm placing my hope in the love that God has toward me that he sent a son to die in my place and offer life. And that, that is Jesus Christ. So I wanna close with this today. I mean, maybe you're watching and, and the Lord is speaking to your heart. God's saying, you know what, it's time. I wanna give you the opportunity right now to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. There's no better day than right now. He came for you and me, for all people everywhere to give us the opportunity to be saved from our sin and that knowing he'll reign forevermore, that we can be with him. Man, right where you're at right now, man, I don't care who you are or what you've gone through, you can give your life to Christ right now. Just tell him, Jesus, I know I've sinned. And I know that my sin, it, it separates me from you. But God, I believe in all of my heart that you came for me, that you are the promised one, that you are the son of God, that you did die on the cross for me. And God, I believe that you rose from the dead. And right now where I'm at, God, I just wanna fall at your feet. I've put my hope in a bunch of stuff. But God, truthfully, you're the only one that I can place my hope and trust in. So Jesus, the best I know how right now, save me. Adopt me, make me your child. Lord, forgive me of my sins. And, and God, I wanna have a relationship with you. So Jesus, I place my faith and trust in you. The Bible says that if you confess your sins in that way, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So if you've done that today, the Bible says, man, you, you are saved. He's forgiven you of those sins. Maybe though you're watching right now and the Lord is impressing on your heart that as you watch online and you see this celebration all over the internet of, of followers of Christ just celebrating that we have something to sing and to praise and to have joy in the midst of difficulty and struggle. And you're going, you know what? I, I wanna be a part of that. I know that I've given Jesus my life and I know that, man, he's my savior, but I, I, I miss being a part of the family of God, a people to celebrate with and to cry with and to rejoice with. So here's how we would like for you to respond. Man, maybe right now God is really impressing upon your heart to respond. Here's, let me give you a few ways that you can do this right now. Man, if you are, you're new to our church and you're kind of checking us out online and you're listening to this message and, and you're following along and God is really impressing upon your heart to maybe join in with our church. Uh, join in with us being a, a people who wanna love and grow and, and be sent for the glory of God. Then right where you're at, man, there's a phone number that's coming up on your screen. Just, just text CONNECT to that phone number right now. Text CONNECT. If you're a, a guest with us and you want more information about our church and our ministries, right where you're at, text CONNECT. And we'd love to have a pastor who'll follow you to help you get any information you need about our church so that you can be a part of the people of God who celebrate the goodness of God. Because the promised savior came to deliver us from sin and he's gonna reign forever and because of him, we can join him with him. 
But I also know that for some of you, the Lord maybe is impressing upon your heart to take some next steps. I mean, this whole COVID thing is, is maybe rattled your cage a little bit. It's kind of rocked your world and the Lord is really moving in your heart and you're watching sermons and, and you've watched this and, and you're going, you know what? I, I want to celebrate Jesus. I, I want to take some next steps in my walk with Christ. Uh, maybe, you wanna, uh, maybe you wanna give your life to Christ and you want more questions about that. There's a next step. You're ready to take that next step of not just having a head knowledge about Jesus, but actually placing your faith and trust in him. You just need some help. Or, or maybe you have given your life to Christ today and you just you wanna talk about baptism and what's next. Maybe you, you are a, a believer uh, and man, you've never grown in your walk and you wanna take those next steps. Or maybe you are a believer and you're watching this and God is saying, hey, listen, when this stuff settles down, I want you to take a bigger role in the church. I want you to serve and get involved. Man, if the Lord is laying on your heart to really take that next step, then right now, you're gonna see that phone number that comes up on the screen. You just text next steps right now and we would love to help you take those next steps as you follow Jesus. Man, we are so thankful that you've joined in with us. We are more thankful that today we can begin the path of passion. Oh, this is the path that Jesus took that we can celebrate knowing that he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hey, every Sunday we do this at Shirley Hills. We believe that God has called us to love him, to grow deeper in him, but then to also send. And so Shirley Hills, we are sent. God bless you guys. We love y'all.